Hey, Wizards fans, happy holidays, and welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench podcast, presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington and Monumental Sports and Entertainment. Today, our special guest, DeLon Wright. While we were out in Utah, DeLon spent some time going back to his old alma mater, where he and Kyle Kuzma played for the Utah Utes. We talked about that, as well as just the process coming back from that hamstring injury that he suffered back on October 25th against the Pistons. Missing those last 29 games, DeLon talked about what he learned about the rehab and more importantly about the team and what he can do to actually help them when he makes his return. DeLon definitely made an impact in those first four games where he had 11 steals. So defensively, he's definitely going to help Washington as he makes his return. Here now is DeLon Wright, the latest episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. Enjoy. Wizards fans, Capital One Arena partnered with Clear to help Wizards fans get into the games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through designated Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today. Hey, Wizards fans, welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller with special guest DeLon Wright, and we are in Utah, so it's kind of weird how this schedule worked out did you plan it this way by the way no i didn't you can make a homecoming here where you play college ball do the podcast we'll get to that in a moment on a serious note how hard has it been for you to sit here and watch missing so much time with the hamstring um at first it was you know it was cool to i want to say cool but i know i kind of got away from the game and it's kind of just good to sit back and see everything that was going on and then as I start to get closer, as I am getting closer to back to playing, mm-hmm. it's been real tough to, you know, not want to get out there and, you know, compete with the team. So I was looking this up, and the last time you played was October 25th against the Pistons. Yeah. And I was like, well, man, that was like four games into the season. But, Wizards fans, did you know DeLon Wright had 11 steals in the first four games? I mean, you know, people get arrested for stealing that much <laughs> in a short amount of time. But did you notice the kind of impact you were actually having with the team early in the year? Definitely, definitely. Um, I just felt like it was a carryover from last year, um, the way I ended it with, uh, with the Hawks. I, I started to pick up momentum towards the end of the year uh, with my defense. And so all summer, you know, I was planning on having that same impact uh, with the Wizards team. So, you know, it was just a carryover from that. And... You know, it was, it was working until I got hurt. It wasn't just kind of the steals. It was kind of the way you were actually impacting. As soon as you came into the game, the game would change. It's something that I noticed, and I'm sure you probably noticed it too, but was it more than just defense? What were you doing early in the year that was making such an impact? I feel like, I feel like it was just energy, the energy I was bringing, um, just picking up guys full court, um, getting deflections, just being disruptive. Um, and offensively, just playing within my game and just trying to get offensive rebounds, extra possessions, like just doing a little things, honestly. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, things I've been doing my whole career. I just put an emphasis on it uh, to try to make a, you know, early impression on this team. So I just feel like that was all the combination of things I was trying to do. What's the hardest part of rehab? Obviously, you're injured, so it hurts, right? But the, the mental part of it, what, what was the probably the maybe the lowest point you were at? Mentally, for sure, is probably the hardest. This is probably the worst rehab I went through. Um, and this is the second one I've, you know, been out of extended time. Um, just the pain that, you know, after I, when I hurt the hamstring, like them 
doing a physical uh, rehab, you know, digging into my hamstrings, yeah. you know, trying to, you know, make sure everything's all right. Like little things like that was probably the worst part. I was talking to a buddy of mine when you first did it, and like we looked at the replay, it, I did not think it was a hamstring. I thought, I thought you tore your ACL the way your knee buckled. Yeah, I felt that too. Did you? So which one? What was it, the hamstring and then the knee? Were you thinking at that point, like, jeez, oh, did I just hurt both legs? No, but after I, f- I was fortunate that I didn't hurt my knee because I know when I felt, you know, when I felt my hamstring, I started, I tried to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I planted in my knee, like, I, I felt it, like, buckle a little bit. So I could have hurt both at yeah. once, but luckily I was only in my hamstring. So you talked about, like, how hard it is to kind of just sit and, and, and watch. But there has to be some type of educational part of this, too, where you're sitting there and observing the team. What have you noticed about the game in general, how you could help when you get back? And what were some of the things, the deficiencies you saw with the team? Um, just being consistent, um, you know, bringing energy every day. I feel like we, <clears throat> it's times in the game where, you know, I feel like we can, you know, take better shots or do more little things like boxing out. I feel like we give up a lot of offensive rebounds uh, just by not doing a little thing. So I feel like that's something that I know I can help at. And uh, just having me out there, you know, just causing, you know, chaos, I feel like it's going to help us a lot. And I feel like we missed that. There was a revelation while you were out. One guy in particular was Jordan Goodwin. Mm-hmm. What's it like for a veteran to see a young player that kind of like got it out of the mud, was in the G League, and then he gets here, and he makes an immediate impact, really on kind of both ends of the floor. Yeah, no, it's been it was, it was crazy to see. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen that, you know, from from my perspective, um, with somebody on the same team as me, somebody that nobody would have ever thought, uh, besides people on his team, that would have had this impact. And he was doing a lot. He is still doing a lot of things that you know they were missing from me, and he was able to come in and get steals, bring energy, play hard. So I feel like we needed that, um, that fresh energy. And, um, you know, when, we, when I get back, we're going to both be able to play together. Me, Monte, all of us going to be able to play together and, you know, just try to make up some games. Uh, those are great problems for a coaching staff to have. Oh, definitely, right? definitely. I, I bet you Wes is probably like, you know, that's one of the best problems we're going to have this year. It's... So the guys have kind of been in and out of the lineup. They go through this losing streak of 10 Thankfully, it got snapped in Phoenix. I just want to go like to the fourth quarter of that game in Phoenix where I think you guys were down 10 with three and a half to go. Mm-hmm. And then they make this comeback. From your perspective, what did you see on the floor and why were the Wizards able to win that game? Um, it was crazy because, you know, when we went up 17 and then they came back, I think they had like 10-point lead like you just said. I was still saying, like, we, we're going to win this game. Um, I just felt like, we were going to find some type of play that was going to, you know, uh, change the momentum. And I thought, like, from my perspective, it was Brad. Um, Brad started to turn into himself. Uh, he had a lot of timely jumpers, and he was just being forceful going downhill. He made some, I don't want to say lucky, but some some lucky, uh, I said lucky. Some of the, when he was being aggressive going to the basket, he threw up, like, I think, two and ones. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is... You know, normally you kind of knew it was your night when that, that was our night. That's yeah. that's the best way I'm trying to put it. Um, I knew when those two went in, I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna come back and find a way to win this game. So, what do you think happens when you do come back? What does this team look like if they're whole? Because they haven't even been whole all year long. Yeah, we haven't been. What does whole. it look like to you? Um, 
I think we'd be a really good team. Just looking at the roster and you know, the pieces that go together, I feel like once we're whole, everybody's gonna just be able to play their role. It's not gonna people are gonna not gonna be asked to do things outside of their role, which was kind of happening when a lot of us were out. Mm-hmm. Some guys are trying to just do other things and find their, find other ways to win. So I just feel like you know roles are gonna fall into place. We're here in Utah, a place where you're familiar with, going to school here. I want to ask you, what does it mean to kind of come back to Salt Lake City? It means a lot. I, you know, I always try to come back in the summer. What a cool, we always try to find at least one weekend to come back. And um, I've been coming back for the past eight years. So I just always try to show my love and appreciation for uh, Salt Lake City because, you know, if I didn't come here, I don't think I would probably been elite. Just, you know, the way that they treated me here and the way I was able to step into a role on a college team and, you know, just impact or, you know, university. I'm curious to know about kind of like the recruitment period for a guy like you from California. What convinced you to come here? So first and foremost, I always give a shout out to my guy, J.D. Dubois. He's uh, coaching with the Lakers right now. Mm-hmm. So he was a, he was a senior. Um, and he was, you know, I was starting to blow up in junior college. You know, I was starting to get recruited by a lot of schools. And Utah was like 5-25 and 25 at the time. And he had, you know, called me and just asked me what I consider, you know, getting recruited by Utah. And, you know, at first I was not really, you know, inter- interested. But then I was just, you know, looking at the opportunity. And I told him, oh, yeah, like, give him my number and, you know, we can talk. And they were probably the most aggressive um, recruiters. So... I not took appreciation for that, and you know I realized the opportunity if I did come here, and it worked out when nobody thought it would. What are some of your fondest memories of being here, either as on the court or off? Um, on the court, uh, we went to the Sweet 16, which was my last game here. Um, and off the court, just the the family type um, environment that's you know that they create here, and. You know, I feel like we all, most of my teammates, we still all are, uh, you know, in contact with each other. You know, basketball is a weird, it's kind of a weird place to be in because you just never know when you're going to meet somebody and then see them down the road again. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that you and Kuz would be teammates again in the pros? No, definitely not. Didn't think so. Um, especially when he was on the Lakers, I didn't see myself going to play for the Lakers and then why? Uh, I just never want to go play home at home. Uh, and then once he got to the Wizards, I knew it was a, a, a possibility because I felt like over the years uh, after John Wall never, maybe Spencer last year a little bit, but I feel like y'all never had a point guard that was like going to be here long term. So I just felt like that was always going to be an opportunity for me to, you know, if they didn't get one. I don't even know if I even asked you this when we first met. What was, who called who when it was kind of official that you two guys would be teammates? I who told him. Out? I reached out once I, uh, once I talked to Tommy on the phone. Um, Tommy and Wes. Um, I told him first uh, my decision, and he just. I don't think I think he was surprised because Monte had uh, got traded here first. Mm-hmm. He probably thought I wouldn't consider coming here now. But um, I still felt like it was a good opportunity for me here. And, uh, yeah, so I called him. He was kind of shocked. Uh, yeah, so I called him first. Because those two are, you know. Yeah, they grew up together. Childhood friends. Uh-huh. And Definitely. They've got that weird thing that 
childhood friends do. Where they <laughs> start a sentence and end it. Yeah, that's flint the flint them. Yeah. What about what about you? Do you and Coos have any of those secrecies? Those things secrecies. that are a little weird that only friends do? Uh, not really. Nah. Did you really. tell me before that he actually stole your fashion in college? I didn't say he stole it. I said borrowed it. I said I like kickstarted his fashion. You're responsible for this. I kickstarted it. He took it to the next level that I can't, that I wouldn't be able to take it to. Is there anything he's worn last year or this year where you go, you've gone too far? Um, gone too far. I think he wore some like open toe sandals to the game this year. Like, me personally, I can't do that, but. <laughs> He's at a point in the fashion world where he can, you know, pretty much wear anything. I do have to tell you, though, the one that I look at and I go, you know what? I felt that vibe was when we were in Toronto last year and he wore that hat. You know, the, the big, what was that hat? The, that's not a cowboy hat. What was that hat he wore? The, the, it was like cream. It was like cream one with the glasses. I missed that. I missed that. Pretty cool. I'll, I'll Google it for yeah, you. Yeah, I missed that you, one. For you later. It was pretty good. Um for you fashion how would you describe your fits um i think i dress you know pretty la um okay wait wait before before you can you answer me this one question Uh because i saw this while we were in la i saw three guys two at the clippers one at the laker game that wore suits with chuck taylors with no socks can you just explain that to me they wore suits with chuck taylor and no socks chuck taylors yeah no socks. That's something I would do. I'm not a sock person. Like, I wear a lot of no socks with my shoes. Why? I don't know. I'm really just not a sock person, to be honest. You're not like, a fan of socks? Yeah. I like to wear like jeans where, you know, show a little ankles. <laughs> That's, you know, I like that. I like that look. This podcast could really go down to a rabbit hole. I'll just <laughs> go back to basketball. Uh at the end of the day, when you think about your journey in the NBA, what do you want to be known for? What do I want to be known for? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I never really thought about that. It really just depends on how I can end my career. Um, I feel like I have a, which is crazy because I'm in my eighth year, but I feel like I have a lot left to show. You know, it's been hard because I've been bouncing around on different teams and trying to fit in. But I feel like, you know, deep down inside, I feel like I have another level to go to, mm-hmm. like more to show. So I feel like just being able to show that at the end of my career, I, I think I'll be happy when my career is over. I always wondered that. What's it like to get traded, go to a different city, try to, you know, like for kids that moved around a lot when they yeah. were little, you know, it's always that, how do I fit in with the class? Right. But for a guy that's been traded, like how do you fit in to a new group, either in the beginning of the year or getting traded during the season? What's that like? So I'll just say this. Um, when I first get traded to a team, they kind of tell me what they like about me and stuff. So I'll try to fit that mold, mm-hmm. you know, to make them, you know, prove that they made the right decision. And then as you get more comfortable on that team, then that's when you show, you know, more of what you can do. Um, so I just feel like I've just been getting caught with mm-hmm. fitting that mold of what I do and just being a defender and stuff like that. And as I get more comfortable... Then I kind of, my game just try, kind of evolves. My last question is one where I like to ask athlete, professional athletes now about what they would do in today's 
collegiate, this new NIL stuff, and the transfer portal. Yeah. What do you think about it as being a professional? And then put DeLon Wright in that situation right now as a kid making the decision to go to college and using his marketing and trying to find the right fit in school. Give me both uh, thought processes on that. First, um, as a pro right now, how do you see it? So how do I see myself? Like, How do you see it like right now, just looking at what NIL and Transfer Portal has kind of done to college? Um... Yeah, I thought it, I honestly thought, not, never thought it would get to this where got where kids are able to make money um, off of their you know image and stuff like that. So I think it's it's good because guys don't have to rush to the NBA. Mm -hmm. So um, me personally, I feel like financially, obviously my my brother was in the NBA, so that wouldn't have been a decision, you know, for me to try to go to a school where I could get the most money out of my you know image. It was it was always going to be. I've got to get to the NBA to make money, right? So that would have been my decision on that. And um, yeah, I feel like if I was playing in today's day, I would have been 10 times better just knowing what I know, really? which is crazy because I was one of the best players. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I would have took it to the next level. And with that, your time is appreciated. Sir. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Appreciate it.